0: Welcome back to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. I'm Brendan C. Adams, and on today's show, we have Michael Devlin. This guy is awesome. No, I say that about a lot of people. This guy is just a truly awesome guy. He's going to teach you so much. He's going to teach you about marketing. He's going to teach you about Amazon business. He went from Bentley to bus ticket to Bentley. He is. He's going to share his story, of how he's taking businesses to seven-figure businesses, having them basically acquired, and then within a month's time, find out that things go wrong, go bankrupt, and then go again back up to seven figures. He's going to teach you how he's made uh, millions of dollars selling products on Amazon, how he did it, how to build up that process, how he actually took a shaker bottle, uh, one of the inventions he had, and had it produced and made and sold a bunch of it online and selling that patent out. Um, and then also just some of the techniques he's used in marketing. And then also at the end, he's going to give you a free gift um, where you can actually get access to his, his six-week program to teach you how to sell on Amazon. This show has a lot of stuff, and he had me the whole time just so excited, smiling, and happy. I mean, he's shared some great insight. Who knows? This guy might even be coming to come speak at Young Entrepreneur Convention. Great story. You're going to love it. I, I, I Trust me, you're going to love this show. He has some great content. Before we jump into it, I want to remind you, go over to my site, keystothecrowd.com, and I have a seven-day free course for you. Uh, we talk about giving value on this show, and I'm always wanting to give you more value, and this is one of them. Go over to my, court, or my website, keystothecrowd.com, seven-day free course to teach you how to raise money with crowdfunding, how we recently raised $52,000 for a film, Ambitious Adventures, how I've raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for a book, um, just all kinds of crowdfunding campaigns. I share all the insight with you in that course. Check that out, keys to the So let's jump into this show. I'm excited. Let's go right into it with Michael Devlin. Let's get started. <laughs> Welcome back to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. I'm Brandon C. Adams, and on today's show, we have my buddy, Michael Devlin here. How you doing, buddy? Brandon, I'm well. How
1: are you, my friend? I'm good. Good to
0: hear your voice. Yeah, man. Hey, I'm great to have you on the show. We, we actually met here. It was at SOIC in, were we on, in Tampa, Florida? We were in Clearwater. Yeah, Clearwater. So it was uh, with Forbes Riley, Kevin Harrington, and I remember we sat... It was on a Sunday. We're in this room. And it was like a true mastermind. You know what I mean? Like the, the <laughs> room was full of experts. And I felt like I was in like the book, Thinking, Grow Rich, around all these people. Like this person knew this, this person knew this. And then you, you went up and you went on the board and you started writing the stuff and you showed your system with Amazon. I'm like, this guy is going to be a billionaire. He's a genius <laughs> at what he does. And I want to be with him, helping him, working with him. And now, fast forward, we got a podcast show. So it's great to have you on, man. I can't wait to hear about e-commerce world. Um, by the way, where are, you, where are you coming from right now?
1: Um, not so sunny Scotland, Brandon. Scotland. Um, Scotland. Certainly not as hot as Clearwater, Florida, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> well, you can tell I love the accent. And uh, it's, uh, it's, I'm excited to learn everything from this show. But let's, let's go back in time, man. I want to hear where you first got started as a young entrepreneur and how it led you to all the cool stuff you're doing today. Yeah,
1: sure. I mean, that's going back a bit. I'm 39. I can't believe I'm 40. In you December. don't look
0: it, man. You look like you're 29. <laughs> yeah. You look like, oh, man, a beast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, that's good.
1: I'm keeping the youth, um, but certainly entrepreneurship can either do two things to you. It can, it can spark you to be, um, I like to keep my mind healthy, my body healthy. I like to eat healthy because if I don't, I don't focus on what I'm doing and through the day, which ultimately affects my work. But so that's one of the tips that I would give any of the entrepreneurial listeners: is keep your keep your body active and keep your mind healthy because it can be a real challenge out there. But going back when I first first started, Brandon was back. I had a, a chain of um, a series of tanning and beauty salons cuz i used to keep myself fit and looking good all the time so i wanted to i wanted to own the the shops because i seen how badly i used to get really bad customer service so i had tanning sal- salariums because in scotland we have no sunshine right Everybody that's listening is probably laughing at the fact that this dude started tanning salons. <laughs> I didn't even know this. You had tanning <laughs> salons. Well, you asked me how I got started, so that's how <laughs> I. I got
0: love started. it. I love it.
1: And um, this was before the, before you know e-commerce and anything like that. That's how old I was. How, am how old were you at the time? Um,
0: I was twenty. Twenty, and you had how many tanning salons?
1: I started off with one, and in the end, I had um, one of the biggest contracts on a revenue share with um, GGB Fitness back in the day, which then spanned out to 26 nationwide.
0: Wow, wow. Nate, wait, nationwide, you're talking in your country, in UK. United, United
1: Kingdom, and I had a couple over in Ireland as well. Yeah. Wow.
0: So what, what did you learn from that experience? I mean, a young age, like what did you learn man, in the tanning business?
1: Man, managing people, uh, managing people, because those customers that were coming in, I mean, it mean, was hair salons attached to it, right? <laughs> yeah. Was, there was beauty salon, So I was dealing with beauty therapists and I didn't know any of these trades. I wasn't a hairdresser. I wasn't, certainly wasn't a beauty therapist. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but the good thing was, is, that, is I knew there was a market for it. And that's what entrepreneurship is about is, is, spotting the gap. Now I learned to manage people. I also learned that it was also really, really dangerous to be in a business where you were wholly dependent on other people supplying the trade. So but I, I was successful at it. I'd done really well, and eventually it was just driving me nuts. So I got out, and I sold all the salons, and I then kept the revenue share business, which was inside all of the health and fitness, um, the, the, a big health and fitness chain that I kept the actual beds and revenue share inside um, inside the clubs. So that was the transition. So the biggest thing that I learned from it, Brandon, to ask, answer your question was uh, I, I how to manage people and how to make – make sure that you uh, that you could put the systems in place even though you weren't the sole provider of the skill.
0: See, I mean, that's a great learning experience because I the way I can kind of relate to this is I used to work in corporate when I was 21 years old, 22, I was managing about 40, 50 people and it was about eight distribution centers that covered a, a big area. And I learned management and managing people And how to work with people and try to understand them at their level because, I mean, you have people that have all kinds of things, stuff going on in their life, um, just different things going wrong. And sometimes like, whoa, like how do I babysit all this, you know? But I think it's really good for any entrepreneur if they have that kind of experience, the things they can relate and be grateful and know how to scale something.
1: Yeah, 100%. And scaling the salons took me right across – uh, I was in that industry for the best part of 12, 13, 12 years, actually, 11 years. And 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 the revenue share side of it with the fitness centers is when it got really big in corporate was after probably roughly, roughly around about the eight, nine year mark. So going into my 30s is when I actually had the maturity to handle that side of the business. And it, it came at a really good time for me. Um, but when, when I sold the salons and moved into 31, 32 is when I started my e-commerce business. Uh, and I I knew nothing about e-commerce. I just knew that I wanted to sell stuff online because I thought, wait, I really like this. This is cool. So I had a massive chunk of money coming in from the um, from the revenue share that was on autopilot every month, and that started to pay uh, pay my university fees and learning the world of e-commerce. But it wasn't this. This wasn't like a oh, this guy was lucky because he jumped from that to that to that. I lost 150 grand in the first year in e-commerce, Brandon. Because yeah. He, uh, you know, I was at paper clicking when I'd done my accounts. I was like, "Well, I'm <laughs> right. right. <laughs> who, do, who, who do I not tell? Well, the wife. I don't tell her." <laughs> so that was 150 Gs that I was in the I was in the red with in year one. But that what I didn't realise is I was I had bought so much data on on the target key terms. So I had 150 thousand pounds worth of data, which was like nearly quarter of a million dollars worth of data. So I then started to learn optimization and compression of key terms, and that was in combination with landing pages and how customers reacted inside the landing pages, and it just went from there. And then in year two, we snapped a profit of quarter of a million.
0: So let me ask you this: so you and I, this relates to some of the things I've had. So you spent 150 grand. Learning, I lost 150. Wait, wait, you spent I didn't lost. You lost, <laughs> you lost, but it's it's. Easy for me to say or for you to say that that 150 grand that you did spend was really a good investment because you learned and that learning experience and that data helped you get to that year two of taking in a quarter of a million.
1: Brandon, that, that is the key point that the listeners have to take from this is because nowadays when I speak to students they see e-commerce as an expense rather than an investment, but I did the same thing because I was like, I spent all that money not realizing I'd invested in the data.
0: Yes, and you see that's why I fascinated because I have for the Arctic stick, and I introduced this to you my invention. I spent a hundred grand on that, and I got it to market, sells on Amazon, and i don't make much from it, but that a hundred thousand dollars I spent got me to where I am today doing what I love, and I learned so much, and that knowledge now that data where you can put in data is going to make me a lot more. So like that is a good learning. I think a good thing for the audience and young entrepreneurs out there, you may spend a lot of money working on something that may not turn in your specific return, but it's going to turn into something that can help you create money in a different way.
1: Particularly in e-commerce, you need to understand that your revenue percentage or your profit percentage that you've got coming in can, can sustain cost per click. Because cost per acquisition on a customer in today's e-commerce environment could be up to £20 per acquisition. So these are the sort of calculations that are not being taught to young e-commerce entrepreneurs. you get all these courses that are saying, hey, let me teach you a seven-figure business in six weeks. Well, you can teach someone how to get ready on Amazon for six weeks, but it takes years to build a brand. Months and years to get your brand up to a level. And, and that takes a lot of learning and, and, and a lot of experience in there, so just that. Uh,
0: so you got, so let's say you got to year two, was it? You did about a quarter million in sales. Yeah. So tell me, where take off from there, what the next years looked like and what you went through.
1: So we started buying off a company in Boston um, because the the, the the dollar was so so weak against the pound. So we were getting two to one. And again, in experience, we were making double our money, bringing the stuff back in. But one of the things that I started to get contacted with was all of the manufacturers in the UK. And I was like, dude, I'm not going to buy your stuff in the UK when I can buy it half price over in the US. Yeah. And, I can and I can go and rock start it out to the US and stay in Florida and go buy my stuff. <laughs> but what I didn't realize was, is I was shutting the door. I was shutting the door on relationships, which was error number one. I didn't realize this until um, year three when we built it up. We'd done 2.8 million in year three.
0: Wow, um, you went from spending a hundred fifty thousand, then going yeah. to two fifty, then three million.
1: million? Um, we turned over three million. We made a net profit of four hundred and eighty thousand in year three, and we sold for uh, we sold fifty percent of the company to our sourcing manufacturer in Boston for one million and eighty thousand dollars. <laughs> wow. That was in year yeah. three. Just in three years yeah it was from my sounds cliche it was built from my garage i had a big double garage and i had all my supplements in there when the neighbors would go to work i'd pull out all my pallets (laughs) and then they would all be back inside the garage for them coming back from work
0: (laughs) so so what was the main product you were selling supplements or what else
1: protein powders because again it just transitioned over from the beauty salon right I, i used to go and look after myself so I would go in and say, well, let's own a beauty salon. Makes sense. I knew that customer because I was passionate about you know, taking care of myself. And then I'm going and working out, taking protein supplements. I knew that demographic because I'd done it. So it was a natural transition to own a business in that space. And that's where when fantastic entrepreneurs like yourself, Brandon, teach the younger generation and you say to them, follow your passion. The reason why we say follow your passion is because you understand the buyer. Because you're, you're a buyer. So if you understand your audience, then it makes the market and transition easy. So on year three, we sold out to them. And that's when everything kind of took a turn for, 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 for well, it, it just took took a turn for the best. And then at the end of that, that company in the US hot what was known as the, the economy downturn, which was in 2009. So that was inside three years. We started 2006, we got acquired, in 2009 and then the economy hit and i remember getting a phone call late evening round about just before mid and Mick said to me mike the bank has pulled our line of credit and um you know the uh we're we're gonna have to close the doors and they were a 72 million dollar outfit brandon so we went from from you know investing or losing one hundred and fifty thousand to um, getting acquired to being t- on cloud nine to whew,
0: bust. You lost and- it all? Yeah, everything, lot gone. Because, and why again? Because everything... The, the, the US company who had bought
1: half of our business, Um, they, they, the line of credit from the bank got pulled and there was $72 million turnover. So they didn't have the money to to pay their suppliers. So they went under. I then bought that half of the company back again and just about six months later, our economy hit. And I remember driving and I said to my wife, I can laugh about it now, but I was crying then. But anyway, <laughs> but, but I said to my wife, I says, everybody's going to buy protein. What are you worried about? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I can see the reaction on her face too. <laughs> and
1: I was like, I I'm always going to need protein. I mean, that's, that's what we do, right? We need protein shakes. I mean, we can't live without protein. The biggest, E- economical downturn in the history, right, is is just about to happen. And I'm still thinking everybody's going to need their protein bars and, and, and protein supplements. So, and yeah, we, and we hit the skids and lost everything in 2010.
0: So you you lost it all, everything. Yep. And so you started from scratch and what did you do from there?
1: So I had, part of the deal was I had the, one of the trademarks, which was CEL, Competitive Energetic Lifestyles. And I had some money left over um, that I had, pretty much saved up, which was just all of my savings. And I poured it into uh, this brand called competitive energetic lifestyle, which I, I thought well, if, if I started this, it would give me my margins back again. Cause I still had the audience, right? Yeah. However, I went to the United States and Florida and Naples to get the product manufactured and the manufacturer sent the product without any veterinary certificate because it's milk produce. You need veterinary certificates and it's 12 weeks on the water. So it got here, it's got a 52-week shelf life and the customs wouldn't let it in. Oh. So they sent it back and I couldn't issue the certificate retrospective, right? Now, guys, this story gets better. If you're listening right now and you're like, I'm, <laughs> I'm loving this. I'm not starting business, right? yeah. This gets better. So here's, here's how just following following your heart and following chance can lead to magical things. So here's what happened. So I, I said, I need to go and see if some company will back me in the United Kingdom. So Claire, my wife, lovely, beautiful Claire, went into the Yellow Pages, which was existing back then, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Google search, she used, she used the Yellow Pages. So she, she went to the Yellow Pages and she found a supplier who was like maybe three hours from where I lived. And I went down and they made like massive, um, massive brands like Kellogg's and all of these big um, cereal products. They, they blended for them, but I had to pitch to the board to take me on. So I got my competitors products and I superimposed my labels on his products. So it was all images. So I'd done a presentation. This is where the product's gonna look. Would you back us? What I didn't know is they were trying to buy my competitor for 9.2 million. And the board, the director of the board says, are you for sale? And I was like, well, you need to let me think about that for a little minute. <laughs> eat, eat, all the while, I'm wanting to rip, rip, rip my shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> you, you bet I'm for sale. <laughs> I can't get this container inside. The country. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got 250 G's inside it. So um, so anyway, long story short is I ended up getting acquired for quarter of a million dollars for all the stock. And, and I got a... A six-month contract which was worth a hundred and fifty thousand and that was just by chance because but some people would have battened down the hatches when they went bust. I probably vacuumed out all of my reserves and then I hoped another massive hurdle that could have wiped me clean out and I still didn't stop. I went down to try and make the dream happen and an acquisition happened and it cleared everything that I owed the company got acquired and I made 50 odd thousand profit with a six month contract. And that's when I, I started my sports bottle, which I built to 26 countries in 24 months. And, uh, and it was a seven figure business.
0: Wow. You know that this is <laughs> one of the best, like you go from a cloud nine to basically to like, Holy fuck. I, I'm a failure. And then all of a sudden to the next acquired and now you're, you know what I mean? And I think the best thing, and you shared this too, is don't stop. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. I truly believe like you're passionate about something when you do something, some of the hugest success you can have are right beyond your greatest failure or low point in your life. And for you, that's a perfect example.
1: 110% Brandon. And The hardest part for me was telling my wife that I was leaving the job I just got to go back in and start a new business again. (laughs) (laughs) And it wasn't a business, it was an invention because I invented this sports bottle because when I was driving up and down to work, I had all of my protein powders in the boot of the car and they were rolling back and forward like a dead body. Yeah. So I I invented the sports bottle, which is Core 150. You guys can look it up and you can see the video. Um, And it was like all your compartments inside the bottle and, and that was where that invention came from was the problem I encountered on the way up and down the motorway and then I followed that through and that's what... That's what led to the um, you know, seven figures inside twenty-four months from just months.
0: selling the the core one hundred and fifty bottle, the the yeah. mixer bottle, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so tell me quickly. I want to hear from my own uh, knowledge. Um, what was that process like for you to take that product, your idea, and invent it, like manufacturing and creating that that product itself?
1: What, one of the biggest things I had had learned was I was I didn't want any more risk. So what I did is I went to a company in London, which was a global sourcing agent. The global sourcing agent, rather than going direct to China, I already experienced going direct to the manufacturer. wasn't a good move. (laughs) Yeah. So I just wanted to, because I couldn't afford to lose any more money. Yeah. I couldn't do it. So what I did was I went to the global sourcing manufacturer, says, look, I'm willing to sacrifice an extra percentage. Will you back me on this? Here's the design. And they're like, wow. Right. Okay. Yeah. We're in. Turns out after the 24 months after we had built it, they actually acquired the brand.
0: Oh, they acquired, wait, what do you mean they acquired the brand? Well, they acquired
1: the intellectual property because the product was patented.
0: Ah, okay. So it was under there. You didn't have the patent. They did. Well, I had the patent.
1: I sold it to them. I I built it up to, I just, they just backed me on, on going to China. They went to China for and on my behalf. They had like 15 years experience in China. They had all the manufacturing So they backed the
0: money. What what did they take then beyond, like, did they take a a royalty?
1: Yeah, they, they took like a kind of extra percentage royalty. Um, rather than it costing me $40,000 on the tools, it cost me maybe 15,000 pounds, right? Oh, Which wow. Was, so it wasn't wasn't a lot of money in comparison. It was a big saving, but I was willing to sacrifice that percentage because I just knew that I could sell more than what I would pay out.
0: So you, how many years, okay, you when you did that, this is 2010, 2011? No, this is 2012. 2012, okay. So you took... How many years did it take to build it up to the seven-figure business selling the bottles? 26 months. 26 months. Okay, so you built that up. And what else did you sell to supplement with that bottle? I'm guessing you sold other products with it, or was that just it? Just a bottle.
1: Jeez. And then we, we, we reinvented the um, the meal pod, which was the Tupperware dish, because you could take two meals inside one pod. And we brought out a bag that carried it. So we just continued
0: to invent. And we just sold more of the same to the same audience. But it, exactly. So you had this brand built up as well. So can I ask you, what what did you, because I, I'll be hearing all these acquisition stories. What did you end up selling your patent for? Um,
1: the, what did we sell the patent for? Yeah. Uh, much. It, was, it was a, a million pounds earnout out deal. So we got a, a percentage of money up front with a million pounds air now, where they hit so many units and if they don't hit it, then we don't get that. But it's I, quarter I imagine they hit it though. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, on, they're, they're actually selling the, they're, they're reinventing the IP into baby bottles. So, so they're <laughs> going to do all right.
0: <laughs> I love this story. It's this getting better and better and better. I mean, after the show, like we're going to have to talk more about all this. I love this. <laughs> okay, so you got in this and we haven't even got to the interesting part yet because the stuff I talked about at the beginning is what's really blowing my mind with what's going on with Amazon and everything else. So you got the point where you sold your venture and you got into the tubware thing. Where'd it go from there? Um, so what it went from there
1: was, I'd spent so much time marketing in e-commerce, I'd built all of this e- this paper paper click knowledge, I'd built all this social media marketing knowledge, and really at that point after I sold it, someone said to me, I went out to California and one of the marketers says, dude, you've got to teach this stuff. I told him I was sitting at a bar, just telling him a story, the way I me mean you are right now, oh, and he's like, "You got you got to teach what you did to build." Because everybody who works out takes a protein shake knows those bottles are giveaway products, Brandon. So yeah. we reversed a giveaway market from zero to twelve ninety nine. So what we did is we flushed value back in by by showing you the purpose of why you needed to use it.
0: That I like it. I like it. Yeah, I got, I was gonna ask you what what it went for twelve ninety nine, which is I mean. That's, that's a good price point. I mean, well, I imagine we that, that fracturing for like 80 cents. So, I was so going to say, I bet your margins were out of this. That's awesome. Yeah. So, we're the teaching, cool. and this is kind of going into what you're doing now. So, this is when did you start, by the way? Because it's 2016. When did you officially start into the Amazon and teaching business where you're at now?
1: Um, 2014 towards the, towards the end of 2000. Yeah. Probably going into 2015 round about January, February is when I really started to market myself as brand, brand Michael. Right. Yeah. I started that.
0: So let's, let's talk about that, about the business you're in for teaching people and blow the audience's mind. Like you blew my mind when we were in that room and showed us (laughs) how, like even looked up my product, art stick. Like you said, Hey, here's your competitors. Here's what you could do. Like, I mean, you could take a product, and if you focused in on it, you could just make it, and you've done it to people, made it shoot up in sales, make a lot of money, and change people's lives. So tell me that process, how you did that, and how you're teaching people, and what people can do for themselves, what they can get out of this.
1: So what we did is we built built an algorithm that allows you to identify based on sales trajectory that cross-checks the Google keyword trends, or Google, you know, the seasonality of a keyword, and most, 99.9% of searches, and in fact, all of searches in Amazon is keyword driven. So we took the algorithm that we built, we look at what you punch in a product name or, or a phrase, and it will cross-check that and give you a numerical value of what that product selling potential is. You can then track it and you can submit it to for manufacturing and sampling. And really what I wanted to do, Brandon, was cut away all of the stuff that I experienced and allow you to get to market quick. As, as a new e-commerce seller you just want to find out what's selling and one of the things i realize guys for all the listeners is don't try and sell what you make make what sells because it will sell quicker if you try and sell what you make there is an education process in there which costs you tens of thousands in marketing dollars so i'm telling you right now is if you if you make what sells the chances are is that you will make profit faster have your usp roundabout about the packaging you can you can outmarket. You can get to the top of Amazon, and you use Amazon as a validation point, and then you can invent off the back of the profit. Don't try and do it in reverse because you're you're, you're increasing your risk of failure.
0: That that's a great. I, just thinking about it that way. That's that's a great way to think about it. Um, so let's let's talk about. And I don't know if you remember when we had met each other. You had a product that you said you literally changed this guy's life. Like you turn it from. I don't know what he was doing sales to maybe even high six seven figures. Yeah, um, I mean,
1: we, we've taken one particular young entrepreneur who was who was struggling um, on Amazon just to get any sort of altitude. He was doing maybe two, four, two between two and four thousand a month, which is all right. Yeah, uh, but we took him and he's now um, one hundred and forty three thousand to one hundred and seventy thousand in dot com alone. He's been featured in per year a source of magazines, so he's like maybe one point. No, that's a
0: month. Oh, he, he, you took him from two to 4000 a month to 170000
1: Per month, yeah. He's now a multi-million dollar business per year.
0: Wow. Can, can you say what product it is? <laughs> I can't, okay, okay, that's all right. I mean that, that – but you literally changed that guy's life. I mean you, you took an idea and you completely with your system changed it. So tell me what you did with your system. What are the techniques you did to make that happen? So, we tracked all
1: of his competitors. We found out um, the rhythmic pulses, which essentially is the sales pulses of his competitors and what they do daily. And we also then start to see the dips, which means that that's the opportunity because that's potentially when they're going to run out of stock or their inventory's running low, which means that that's the point where we rock it in and we do what's known as a kind of, you know, a blast, a product blast, where we can do a deal on the offer. Push out the offer to um, through through a coupon code, and we can overtake and rocket through the through the listings inside Amazon and overtake his position in the rankings. So that's where the bestseller rank plays a role. That's when understanding and seeing when is the opportunity to strike. And Amazon really is it's the stock exchange for for, for physical products, dude. You know, stock falls and rises in, in terms of numbers, and you just know when to strike.
0: That that's a great way to put it. I mean, I so when I launched. And we talked about this uh, for Arctic Stick on Amazon. When I went out of the gates, timing is perfect. I had a bunch of media going. It was during the holidays. And it went up and I was selling a lot. But what I did, very wrong, is I went out of stock. And once I was out of stock and I didn't get my order in time, one of the biggest mistakes I met, completely my sales went to nothing. I got the stock back in and it just, it killed me. But I learned from that. Oh, I learned from that. And it sucks because if I would have had the stock, I could have kept that going more and more and more because when you build off that momentum and you get enough people buying it, I mean, with their algorithm, it, it shows up. So one lesson learned for me is don't ever run out of stock, ever. That's
1: how Amazon's business is so successful, Brandon, because you know they've got so many diversity in stock ranges or product ranges that going out of stock is inevitable because you've got delays from manufacturing right you've got from china to whatever it is or you know if you're fba california or whatever it is you're putting your inventory into you've always got that latency that you're up against but ultimately you need to be able to predict your volume and when that's going to when it's going to deplete so understand your numbers understand your profit don't do any crazy deals if it's going to take you out of stock because that will be completely advantageous as Brandon just obviously says you've just pointed out that if you do um, a deal to try and get up the rankings and you go out of stock then it's then Amazon will just delist your product anyway so it's pointless always make sure that you know your numbers guys it is the number one rule uh, and you have to be making profit you have to be making profit
0: so where do you see this and get through a few more questions to wrap up here where do you see this business going with Amazon um, and then what with you what is your mission what are you going to try to accomplish with what you're doing with your platform and your your training
1: i want to make as many smart e-commerce marketers as i possibly can i want to give so so many young people an opportunity rather than here's where information marketing doesn't work in the e-commerce world brandon some information marketers will say let me sell you my seven-figure journey and let's leave out the part that I went bust in two thousand and nine.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but you know that's what happens. And then they say here's two thousand dollars, and then if you want to learn how to re- retain clients inside Facebooks so and on a three thousand, before you know it, you're, you're buying all of this education, and then you've got no money for inventory. So I want them to keep their money that they would rather pay me on a course. Let me get you Amazon ready for free, and you go and buy your stock and go test the water with your with your course money. Then, when you're ready, then we take it to the next level, and that's where the system comes in. So that, at that point, that,
0: so at that point, important. you almost invest in them, and you get a percentage of what they do in sales. I don't get
1: any percentage of what they do in sales. I don't want any percentage of them. They will subscribe up into the software when they are sales ready, Brandon. Brand, that's what that's what happens. So because the system looks after all of their inventory, it, it looks after their ordering, it even look after getting them them samples if they want. The point i 'm trying to make is I want to invest in the education part for the entrepreneurs so that they can become to e commerce and understand that they need money to grow their business
0: Yeah, no, no, I hundred percent agree, so for you and your business side, where is your monetization process with this whole thing
1: is the, is the software because once you're inside there you 're subscribed, which is forty nine dollars per month, we could easily get two hundred and fifty dollars oh.
0: This is perfect. This is so justifiable. I mean, you're get, letting them use their money to invest it into their own business. Yeah. I mean, and you're not charging that much per month. You get enough users in there. It's a win-win for everybody.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and then that way it strengthens the ecosystem in terms of global sourcing because we're flushing tens of millions of dollars in there, which means that you you know we get better pricing for everybody inside the ecosystem, and ultimately you know there's recourse and we make the entire network stronger. That's it.
0: You are such an awesome guy. You are a stud. I I, I fucking love you, man. You are awesome. <laughs> I got two questions before we go. The first one is what are your best marketing tips or advice for any young entrepreneur out there? Because I have a lot of people that are starting business right now or maybe they're thinking about doing it. What are your marketing tips for them?
1: Customer relationship. Never ever ignore your customer. Provide the best customer service. Be better than it than anybody else. Just Treat them the way that you want to be treated. Remember that customer's $10 could go anywhere and he gave it to you. Think about that for two minutes and provide a service off the back of it and you will never look
0: back. That is very good because you know what? There's a lot of different companies out there do the same thing but the ones that stand out are the ones that provide the best service and experience for you that you will never forget.
1: 100%.
0: The last question, what would be your top advice, tips for any young entrepreneur out there for success in life?
1: for success in life is never give up. Like Brandon has taught on, Brandon, I've sat and watched you from afar as well, dude. I mean, you're absolutely crushing it. You're an inspiration for not just young entrepreneurs. My, my oldest boy follows you as well, who's 19. Thank you. Um, he doesn't follow me. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> I'm following you, you man. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so I just want to throw that out there first of all, and thank you for inviting me on for, for the listeners. Um, but that is all I would say is, is understand, your follow your heart, never give up. Always keep pushing regardless of the adversity. Um, Don't treat it as a failure, just treat everything as a learning curve because when you get to almost 40 like me, then you will realize that everything is just an education. It really is. And most importantly, guys, retarget. Retargeting your customer. Never leave your customer alone. Do not spam them. Always add tons of value to your customer first. Before you ask for the sale, too many people are asking for the sale first. I'll give everything away, and then I'll say, "Look there, why don't you subscribe in there?" Right? That's how it works.
0: That that is such good advice. You know, in an hour, I have a call with Jay Bear. He wrote the book Utility. Have you ever read that book? Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's all about giving the value first. You build the audience up and the trust, and then when they need you, they come to you. So great advice. And I always tell everybody value become a person value if you add so much value people are going to attract to you and they're going to want to work with you
1: it's an organic process because you've provided and plus most importantly that a lot of reasons why people don't do that brandon is because a lot of them really don't have the value to give because they're worried that they have to take the money up front in case what they're offering doesn't work so if you really truly believe in what you do works give it away and as long as you've got something in the background to monetize it should be relatively easy at that point.
0: Best advice. I've had all your great advice. Where can people find you? Where can they get into your system? It, it, it's open now, right? They can get Absolutely. into this because Absolutely. I mean, I suggest anybody, seriously, anybody you do an Amazon or anything. I've seen this. Get into it. This guy's the guy. Tell me where people, where can people find this? Where, the, can, where can they find you? They can find me on Facebook, Michael Devlin. I've
1: reached my friend limit, but you can follow me publicly on there. You can follow me on Twitter, at Mass Conversion. That's Mass Conversion without the S. Or you can go to massconversions.com and register inside there for one of my free webinars. And I'll show you some stuff and get you in. But I'd like to offer free access to all of your listeners. Brandon, so if, if you want, I can give you a link and everybody can come inside and yeah. start registering immediately.
0: No, and I'll, I'll put that on the note or the notes here. I'll get that from you, and I'll link that in notes at brennantadams.com. Dude, okay. I, thank you so much for coming on the show. Great <laughs> advice. Uh, stay around after. I want to ask a couple questions. <laughs> I love this show. But uh, thank you again, buddy. And uh, that's it for today's show, everybody. You know what time it is. Go out there. Create something great and become unforgettable. Because life is too short not to. I'm Brendan C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the show with Michael Devlin. This guy is a true, genuine guy based out of the UK. Cool guy. I mean, we had met back at the Zoic event with Forbes Riley. Met him, him and his wife, and just some awesome people that you need to know, get to know. And uh, check out all his content, go to BrandonTadams.com. He's got the, the the link for the free course there for you guys. And we have show notes and everything else on him. Just a great person. And great lesson to take here is, you know, success is not easy. Uh, you want the Bentley, you might have to go to the, the bus ticket first and get to that Bentley. I mean, it's gonna be a roller coaster. It's not easy. As he shared, he went from seven figures to basically broke to the next seven-figure business. The thing is, never give up. You must never give up. And that's how people become successful. And I read a thing. The, the 3% that never gave up, gave up that kept going employ the 97% that may have gave up or didn't go after their dreams. So think about that. You must never give up to have success. Speaking about never giving up... We obviously never gave up with the TV show Ambitious Adventures. We kept going. We had success with our crowdfunding campaign. We raised $52,196 and we're filming. We're filming tomorrow. Actually, we start filming in Des Moines this weekend. If you're in the Des Moines area, hey, check me out at Snapchat, BT Adams 18 Maybe you can see him. Be snapping the whole time. See me uh, around Des Moines and uh, maybe even come in front of the camera. We're actually going to do a networking event Friday that would be August, this is August 12th, yes, 8 to 10, somewhere in Des Moines. We haven't announced yet. I'm going to be announcing on my Snapchat where that's going to be. We're going to film a bunch of entrepreneurs that will be part of the TV show. So you can get a part of it. So follow me on Snapchat, btadams18. And keep doing your thing, everybody. Keep doing awesome stuff. If you have any questions for me, just reach out to me, btadams18 on Snapchat. And go out there, create something great and become unforgettable. Because life is too short not to. I'm Brandon C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone.